0: This sermon is brought to you by Buford Road Baptist Church. The speaker today is Pastor Tony cahoot
1: well let 's get to work tonight in our Bible study and turn with me to 2 Peter chapter two and uh, one of the fascinating things about this particular part of our study that we 're in is that this is clearly uh, a segment in the Word of God that uh, I could be. <clears throat> 100% wrong. I could be 100% right. I could be halfway right, halfway wrong. Uh, the blessing about this particular passage is because I've heard it presented in several uh, perspectives and by some of the leading theologians uh, in our land today and some pastors, preachers of yesteryears. And so um, I, I've heard this. Uh, with many different uh, perceptions on it. And so when I study a passage like this, it's one of the great mysteries that I think uh, we will have more than time can uh, encompass our thoughts or imagination in eternity. Um, If we're really puzzled with it, when we get to the other side, uh, I'm sure that the Lord will enlighten lightness on what this really meant. But I can assure you it has nothing to do with your salvation, has nothing to do with your personal relationship with the Lord. So are you saying, pastor, that it's not an important passage? Not at all. It's significant. And the way that I'm going to present it to you tonight is uh, from the, the, the road that I have chosen at this time in my life to take. Again, there's some real noteworthy uh, an appreciative uh, takes on this subject, and uh, I have nothing but admiration and uh, respect for uh, those uh, godly men that I have uh, researched in their writings, in their works, uh, and uh, some of them uh, line up where I am, and so that's that's one of the blessings about this, but. I don't believe that any any human being will be able to walk upon this earth and have it all right all of the time. We have to be right on major doctrine. We have to be. We cannot be wrong there. And because that has everything to do with our salvation, uh, the grace of God and so forth, And you cannot be wrong there. So having said all of that, and we have done that uh, in the last couple of times we've been here, Last Wednesday night, we didn't meet, and so I wanted to reiterate that as we get into uh, this particular passage of Scripture. All right, so I want you to look at this passage here in verse number four, and we uh, got through it uh, the last time we were here, and uh, we uh, had uh, to pause and stop it because of the time. So let's get with it again and uh, see where the Lord will take us. The word says this in 2 Peter chapter 2, verse number 4. For if God spared not the angels that sinned. Okay. You know that Satan, Lucifer, led a revolt in heaven. The transgression took place in heaven, as we have said. I'm not going to go back and reread all of those verses again, um, but I think we have done uh, a worthy job in, in laying the foundation for that aspect. Okay, so we know that that uh, there was a revolt, a rebellion in heaven led by Lucifer. And as a consequence to that, a third of heaven's angels were led astray by him. Okay, now Peter is taking us to this place. He's calling our attention to the fact that if God didn't spare them, and if you look at it carefully, but cast them down to hell and delivered them into chains of darkness to be reserved unto judgment. This is not, this particular passage of scripture in my study is not prophecy. That happened.
0: That's already happened. That's already occurred. And some of, and I do not know the percentage of,
1: this is where the study gets really complex. Actually, the beginning of the study, my personal study gets a little complex because this, when, when you get to this passage of the scripture. Not all of these fallen angels are in this reservation or this uh, reservoir or this place, this holding, uh, this place delivered them into chains of darkness. Not all of them are there and I will share that with you in just a moment. I don't know what percentage of them are there. A good percentage. I don't know what, I can't give you a number on it. I don't know. And uh, I'll give you the leader of the pack here in just a moment. But so some of, and and I can't say most of, but a lot of these fallen angels. For if God spared not the angels that sinned, that's talking about the fallen angels. If he didn't spare them, but what he did with them in the revolt, the word says he cast them down to hell. Now look at this. And delivered them into chains. That's where they are right now. They're in in hell. They're in this out of darkness. They're in chains. But they have not been given their
0: eternal damnation sentence yet. They are there and they will receive the sentence of eternal damnation.
1: It's, it's a given, it's a consequence, it's going to happen. However, to be reserved unto judgment, that's just like every person that's in hell tonight. They have not been given their eternal sentence yet. That takes place at the great white throne. So, so that's, that's not happened. Even though there are souls in hell, According to the word of God, there are fallen angels there as well. So, so keep in mind some of these uh, particularities, if you will. So, God has already incarcerated some of these fallen angels. Now, again, these fallen angels once lived in the splendor and in the glory of God. They were in heaven. They were they were on the street of gold. I mean, they were they were in God's presence. They were, as we talked about. Lucifer being the anointed cherub the one that covereth uh was in the closest proximity of God's throne. Okay this is an interesting word here in the study the word reserved because every one of them according to the word of God that are there they're awaiting their final judgment. Now another interesting thing is and this is where we left off last Wednesday night I want us to try to our best to get these scriptures on the screen as fast as we can, uh, and this is where um, there are many different presentations of of uh, what I'm going to share with you right now. And I have no stones to throw at any of them. But for me and my study, this is where I'm at right now. Could change tomorrow, but this is where I'm at right now. In Genesis chapter six, verses one through five. Again, these scriptures come to us quickly on the screen, and I want you to read them. For me, I will, uh, with me, I will read them for you, beginning in verse number one. And it came to pass when men began to multiply on the face of the earth, and daughters were born unto them, that the sons of God saw the daughters of men, that they were fair, and they took them wives of all which they chose. Read this carefully
0: now. This is is very important. That the sons of God saw the daughters of men,
1: that they were fair, and they took them wives of all which they chose. All right, verse 3. And the Lord said, My spirit shall not always strive with man, for that he also is flesh. Yet his days shall be a hundred and twenty years. Now, this is where we left you the last time we were in the study. There were giants in the earth. All of a sudden now, we, we now you have to remember this. This is the time period before the flood. Keep that in, That's, that's critical. This is, a, this is the era of time before the flood. There were giants in the earth in those days, and also after that, I want to be clear with something. That doesn't mean that the giants ended before the flood. Obviously not, but there were giants in the earth in those days. And also after that, when the sons of God came in unto the daughters of men, two different categories here, this is important. And they bare children
0: to them. The same became mighty men, which were of old, men of renown.
1: And God saw that the wickedness of man was great in the earth and that every imagination of the thoughts of his heart was only evil continually. All right. Now let's go to chapter 12 and look at verse number 6. I'm going to give you several scriptures here You might want to write them down in the margin of your Bible. You can go back and reread them again. But in Genesis chapter 12, verse 6, And Abram passed through the land unto the place of Shechem, unto the plain of Moriah. And the Canaanite was then in the land. And then go with me to chapter 13, verse 7. And there was strife between the herdmen of Abram's cattle and the herdmen of Lot's cattle and the Canaanite. And the Perizzite dwelled there in the land. Now let's go to Deuteronomy. I'm going to move fast, but I have to tonight. I don't want the time to get too much away from me. In Deuteronomy chapter 1, verse 27 and 28. And ye murmured in your tents and said, Because the Lord hated us and hath brought us forth out of the land of Egypt to deliver us into the hand of the Amorites, to destroy us, in verse 28. Whether you should go up, our brethren have discouraged our hearts, saying the people is greater
0: and taller than we. This is in reference to giants. The people is greater and taller
1: than we. The cities are great and walled up to heaven. And moreover, we have seen the sons of the Anakins
0: there. Now, chapter 2, verse 10. The Emons dwelt therein times past, and people great and many and tall, as the Anikims.
1: And Brother David read some really interesting names for animals tonight in the Scripture reading. And uh, this is kind of like going in these directions because what i'm giving you right now unless you have taken time to open your bible meditate day and night in the word these are scriptures that probably you have just skimmed over a little bit unless you were in some type of study about it but in chapter 3 verse 5 and these cities were fenced with high walls gates and bars beside unwalled towns a great many all right now Listen very carefully, because I'm going to give you, we're going to go to Numbers 13, verse 33. All of these scriptures that I'm giving you now is a journey and talking about giants. And here we go with Numbers 13, verse 33.
0: And there we saw the giants, the sons of Anak, which come of the giants. And we were in our own sight as
1: grasshoppers. And so we were in their sight. Now, in this passage of scripture here, um, and we've already read the one in Deuteronomy chapter ten, or two, verse ten. I want you to look at Deuteronomy two, verse twenty, and uh, twenty-one. That also was accounted a land of giants. Giants dwelt therein old time. All right, look, because I'm going to give you some names here. And uh, they are in comparison to what we just read. So look at this. And the Ammonites called them Zamzammans. All right. And then look at verse 21. And people great and many and tall as the Anakims, But the Lord destroyed them before them, and they succeeded them and dwelt in their stead. All right. So listen carefully. There, there's what is called the Nephilim, and I gave you uh, sort of like the, uh, the, these other names that I have just given you here just a moment ago. Let me say this in my study, that the giants, when you read, the, when you read in the scriptures about the Nephilims, they, they were giants, and the, that word means fallen ones. So here's the deal. A certain percentage, and I don't know how much, of the fallen angels, when,
0: when they rebelled and they came to this, this earth, they took possession of human bodies that, as a consequence, at sexual relations with the women on the earth. So as a result of that cohabitation, the offspring of these, and I you have read
1: these names here, some are hard to pronounce, the offspring of that. The Nephilim, the giants, were also known as, as we've read in or Numbers chapter thirteen, verse number thirty-three. They they are the giants. They are the offspring. And there we saw. Here's the scripture again: the giants, the son of Anak, which were come of the giants, and we were in our own sight as grasshoppers, and so we were in their sight. And so, in in the context that we're discussing. The angels, a portion, a percentage of these fallen angels that had rebelled and uh, came to this earth, a portion of them, in this time before the flood, they had these relations. They took on human bodies. They had relations with human women. And uh, as a result of that, this is what, now again I, I cannot stand here and tell you that this is definitive because there are many different channels in my study and I'm just going to give you where I am in my current study right now again I've heard this in many different ways but in my study this is what where I'm at and what I believe right now that the a percentage of the fallen angels
0: who took on the form of human men, had relations with literal
1: human women. And as a result of that, this is what, and we have read in these passages just a moment ago, the sons of God and daughters of of women, of men. And so these sons of God, this is what is in reference to the giants. That's... That's a label that's given to them, the sons of God. Now, that's confusing because I'm going to give you some other scriptures here where the Bible talks about the sons of God, and they are not in direct reference to giants. That's important to remember. So you have to keep this in context of what we're, we're studying. But these angels that sin, a percentage of them fallen angels, are called the sons of God. And uh, you have to remember their first estate. You have to remember where they were. They were all created uh, beings. But not, and they stalked the earth before the flood. That's important. There, There was great wickedness here. God destroyed the world by flood. You know that. Because the word says that every imaginable sin was going on. And this was infuriating to him, and the word even said, a repentant God that he even created man. But the word doesn't stop there. We're going to see also that God destroyed the wicked cities of Sodom and Gomorrah because of perversion as well. So this, this relationship between a percentage of these fallen angels that produced an offspring the offspring from
0: that perversion produced the giants. This is how they originated. Now, again,
1: you, you may have studied this another way, and that's great, and you keep on track. You keep where you're going um, because I don't have all the answers to this. The thing that I want to bring out for you now, because we've just read about the sons of God and, and the daughters of men, Not in every case in the Bible is the sons of God in reference to giants, as it is in this context. But I want you to look with me. I want to give you three scriptures real quickly here. One is John chapter 1 and verse number 12. Because when you find this, this terminology, sons of God, it doesn't mean that it applies to giants in every passage. This is a classic verse of scripture here, and you've read this many, many times. But in John 1:12, the Bible says, but as many as received him, talking about the Lord Jesus, to them gave he power to become, look at this, the sons of God, even to them that believe on his name. That's not a reference to giants, not a reference to the Nephilim. All right, there's another one. In Romans 8, 14 and 15, the word says, for as many as are led by the Spirit, of God, they are the sons of God, and then in verse number fifteen, for ye have not received the spirit of bondage again to fear, but ye have received the spirit of adoption, whereby I require cry, a Father. That's that's not in reference to the giants either. And then in First John chapter three and verse number one, behold, what manner of love the Father hath bestowed upon us, that we should be called the sons of God. Therefore the world knoweth us not, because it knew him not. Again, that's not in reference to giants. This is talking about blood-washed, born-again believers. Okay, so we do know, this is what we know about about angels, period. Because we're talking now about fallen angels taking on uh, the form of human bodies who had relationships with women on this earth and the offspring from that perverted relationship created the giants uh, that were in the land. So angels taking on the form of people is not staggering to the imagination or to the heart, to the spiritual minded person, because we know that in the scriptures angels did appear in the word And they took on the form of human bodies. We know that they did that. Let me give you this for an example. In Genesis chapter 18, verses 1 through 8, look at this. And the Lord appeared unto him in the plains of Mamre, and he sat in the tent door in the heat of the day. And he lifted up his eyes and looked, and lo, three men stood by him. And when he saw them, he ran to meet them from the tent door and bowed himself toward the ground. And said, My Lord, if now I have found favor in thy sight, pass not away, I pray thee, from thy servant. Let a little water, I pray, you be fetched, and wash your feet, and rest yourselves under the tree. And I will fetch a morsel of bread, and comfort ye your hearts, after that ye shall pass on. But therefore are ye come to your servant? And they said, So do as thou hast said. And Abraham. "'Hastened into the tent of Sarah and said, "'Make ready, quickly, three measures of fine meat, knead it and uh, make cakes upon the hearth.' "'And Abraham ran into the herd and fetched a calf tender and good "'and gave it unto a young man, and he haste to dress it. "'And he took butter and milk and the calf, "'which he had dressed and set it before them, "'and he stood by them under the tree, and they did eat.' All right, so I want you to know, this is talking about an angelic visitation. So if you go to chapter 19, and you look at verses 1 through 5, and there came two angels to Sodom at even, and Lot sat in the gate of Sodom, and Lot, seeing them, rose up to meet them, and bowed himself with his face toward the ground. And he said, Behold now, my lords, Turn in, I pray you, into your servant's house and tarry all night and wash your feet, and you shall rise up early, and go on your ways. And they said, Nay, but we will abide in the street all night. And he pressed upon them greatly, and they turned unto him, unto him, and entered into his house, and he made them a feast and did bake unleavened bread, and they did eat. But before they laid down, the men of the city, even the men of Sodom, compassed the house round, both old and young, all the people from every quarter. They called unto Lot and said unto him, Where are the men which came into thee this night? Bring them out unto us, look at this, that we may know them. And that was not to be acquainted, that was to have a a physical sexual relationship with them. This was talking about the homosexuality of Sodom and Gomorrah. But the point being is that from these scriptures that I have given you in chapter 18 and 19, we know we know that uh, angels in the past, in the scripture, have taken on the form of human beings, human men. We know that. And you have two uh, classic... Examples of this, okay, so as you continue to study this from different perspectives, there's one big argument that uh, I find in my study that's been presented in uh, many different ways because if we take the road where the nephilim were the giants, and the giants were the offspring of some of these fallen angels with the relationship of women on this earth, then then the argument, well, so preacher, then the Bible says that in heaven, um, the angels don't marry. So there's there's a scriptural study in that altogether. And so I want to show you this in Mark chapter 12, verse number 25. Um, and, And there's some key words here to look at in this part. For when they shall rise from the dead, this is talking about believers now, they neither marry nor are given in marriage, look at this, but are as the angels which are in heaven. The key thing about this study is this, that fallen angels are not in heaven. Do you
0: see this? The angels that are in heaven are not the ones that were involved in the rebellion. The angels that were involved in the rebellion got
1: kicked out of heaven with Lucifer. And again, as a result of their perversion, had these relationships, and there was another episode altogether going on on the earth. But these angels are in But are as the angels which are in heaven. So there's an argument there, and there
0: is a study all in itself. Um, So if this is correct, then
1: somebody may say, then how could the fallen angels cohabitate with earthly women and form relationships and marriages and so forth and produce babies? If this is the case, but the difference is. These angels that are in heaven in heaven right now are not part of this rebellious third that was kicked out of heaven, which a percentage of them are in hell right now waiting uh, the judgment of God. So it's a way to look at it. All right, now so uh, the difference between demons and fallen angels, this is one of the things that we were talking about the other night. first of all, Not all of the fallen angels, and I said just a few minutes ago that I don't know the percentage, but not all of the fallen angels are in this place of hell right now at this point waiting judgment in the chains. A a percentage of them, I don't know how many of them. Um, And so here's the thing. Not all of these angels participated in
0: this perverted thing that produced the giants, not all of them. So
1: not all of them are incarcerated at this moment. And the, and the prime example that I could give you right now is Lucifer himself, Satan himself. He is also a fallen angel. But you know and I know that he's not in hell right now. You know and I know that he's not in chains right now. You know and I know that he is the prince and the power of this air, as the world, as the word says. He's busy, he's active on this planet. So he himself is the number one fallen angel that's not in hell, in chains, in darkness at this moment. So from that we know this, that not all of them are in that place of darkness tonight. So fallen angels are those who participated in the rebellion in heaven. We know that much. We know that the Word, in my study, the Word calls them the sons of God. They were created uh, just as Lucifer was created in heaven. He is a fallen angel himself. And those fallen angels, they mated with human women and uh, as a result of that, it produced the giants that were on the earth. Now, it didn't end with the flood. God brought judgment on the world in the flood. But we know that later on, and even in modern times, there have been giants in, in this world. And uh, so that's another subject altogether. But here's, here's the difference. Probably, the, and I say probably because I cannot be definitive, but probably the origin of the demons came about because not all of the fallen angels participated in this perversion. So what happened to the percentage of those who did not? Because the ones who did, according to the word are in chains and darkness, but the percentage, there's a percentage of these, the third of the angels that were kicked out that uh, was not brought under that condemnation. And so the, these The origin of these demons, because there's a big difference between fallen angels and demons, I think originated who didn't w- with the fact that they did not participate in in those precise, perverted ways, but they are the disembodied spirits of the Nephilim who by the way, are giants who remained on the earth, and so because they are unlike the fallen angels who have the ability to take take on the form of human bodies. And I know this is confusing, but the difference is this. Fallen angels can take on the form of human bodies, but demon spirits, they crave human bodies, or they crave to be housed in animals. Uh, and we read that. I'm not going to go back to reread the story where Jesus uh, gave permission for the demon spirits to come out of the, the men that were possessed and to go into the swine where the word says they ran violently over the cliff. You, you know the story, that what I'm talking about here. So this is a when you read verse number four and you take into consideration everything I've said tonight, that's a powerful, powerful study. And so what I don't want you to do is stop me in this aisle and ask me a hundred questions about it because I've told you everything I know about it. And I probably am, am not a country mile with it being on bullseye target. But this is this is interesting to me. It's fascinating to me. This is the kind of thing I study uh, when I'm not preparing sermons for Sunday and that kind of thing. And it's it's an intriguing subject that has different paths. And from those paths, you have many, many additional questions. And I realize that. It's 801. I gotta stop here tonight. But I do want to read verse number five before we go. Let me read verse number four in connection with it. For if God spared not the angels that sinned, but cast them down to hell and and delivered them into chains of darkness to be reserved unto judgment, and look at this, and spared not the old world. This was the world before the flood. But saved Noah, the eighth person, a preacher of righteousness, bringing in the flood upon the world of the ungodly. It was
0: the world before the flood was unimaginable in its perversion. God destroyed the world by flood because of perversion. And in, and we'll see this in another place. And this perversion that was happening on the
1: earth, you think about this, the perversion that was happening on the earth before the flood
0: was revolving around the, the perversion of women who had become involved with these
1: these uh, fallen angels, and then produce the, the offspring. In Sodom and Gomorrah, it was the perversion of homosexuality. So where there was a perversion with the women before the flood, in Sodom and Gomorrah, there was a perversion with the men. And in both cases, God really made himself known in unbelievable ways. But it said this, and spared not the old world. The world before the flood, but save Noah, the eighth person, a preacher of righteousness, bringing in the flood upon the world of the ungodly. Noah was not the only preacher of righteousness. Enoch, in and, and, and the book of Jude, verse number 14, you can find that to be more precise, and we may pick that up as a beginning place for next Wednesday night. And it's a good study. It really is. It's a deep. I recognize it's complicated. I hope you're not going to go home tonight with your mind head spinning. But uh, this is where I'm at in my study, and we have to talk about it because there we are. And uh, you'll be surprised because verse number four doesn't end the conversation or study about angels. Um, the rest of the chapter really deals with that, especially you get back into verse number eleven. Uh, and so we'll pick that up, Lord willing, next week.
0: You listen to Pastor Tony Kahoot. For more information, visit our website at Church.com.